Well, good morning, Radiant Life family. Thank you so much for inviting us into your homes. We just really appreciate, even though that we are physically distanced from each other, that we can still worship together through technology and still get into God's Word. Well, this morning, we are in the month of August now, and we're really excited to kick off a brand new teaching series for all of us titled Dangerous Prayers. And I don't know about you, but for me, there's a lot of times I feel like I can up my game in my prayer life. I can pray more boldly. I can pray more dangerously in my prayers. And this is what that series is all about. We are going to up our prayer life as a church, as a body of Christ together. And I'm going to encourage you, over the month of August, get this book that this series is loosely based on. It's loosely based on Pastor Craig Rochelle's book titled Dangerous Prayers. And again, this is just a great supplement to our series. It's going to encourage you. It's going to inspire you. But let me tell you a quick story about this book. Two weeks ago, my family and I, we were vacationing in Georgia at Lake Hartwell. And while we were vacationing at Lake Hartwell, I decided that this is the book I'm going to take on vacation and read. So on one of our first days there, I brought my camping chair down to the lake water, and I got two-thirds of the way through the book. It's an easy read, and I was really inspired. God was really using this book in my life. I was praying some pretty dangerous prayers that, if I'm fully honest, I didn't want to pray. I was afraid of what was going to happen, to be full, honest, and transparent. But I started praying it, and God was really using some prayers in my life. The next day, I only had the last third to read. And I'm not making this up. Honest to God, you can ask my wife this. We're ready to go on another side of the lake to this really beautiful sandy beach. It's fun to explore over there. And uh, I decided I'll, I'll finish the last third of this book. So the rest of the family, they're in the boat already. I'm the last one. I'm walking down on the dock. And I have my book in this hand, and on this hand I have like my drink and um, I think maybe my sunglasses and, and sunscreen and, and my pen. I always use a green pen to highlight everything. And I'm walking down, and I, I'm not kidding. There was no wind. I did not throw this, but I'm walking like this, and it is like all of a sudden this book jumps out of my hands. I didn't knock it. My wife saw it all. She's my witness to this. And it lands in the water. And I was thinking, oh no, I need to get this book, right? So I'm down on the side trying to reach out into the water and and my arms just weren't long enough. That's surprising. I always feel like my arms are long enough to grab everything. It was just out of reach. So I kind of just fell into the lake, grabbed my book and kind of threw it up on the dock. And I'll tell you what, I was so disappointed. I was furious. Because God was using this book big time in my life. And I was like, no. I got into the boat. My wife says, I think someone doesn't want you to read the last third of this book. I saw it all. You didn't throw it. You didn't knock it. There's no wind. It literally like it just jumped out of your hands into the water. It was the strangest thing. I've never had this happen. So the entire time we get to that side of of the water, here's my book. Soaking wet, the binding is now basically gone off of it. I had notes that are gone, but here's my book for the rest of the day out in the sun, just drying, trying to figure out, and I am bummed because God's using it in a big way. And I'm bummed because I'm starting to pray these dangerous prayers and God's using it in my life. He's using it. But eventually it begins to dry out. And so I'm like, okay, today's not the day to finish the book. Maybe tomorrow is. And then tomorrow came around, and it's still just a little wet, 
I'm like, I'm going to do it anyways. I need to get through this book and started highlighting and I worked my way through it. But I love this book. I'm going to ask you a question. Honestly, how many of you right now, you would throw your hand up wherever you're watching this and say, Ryan, I believe in the power of prayer. I hope all of us would. Let me ask you another question. How many of us would honestly say, Ryan, I could probably improve my prayer life, maybe a little more consistently, maybe with a little more faith in my prayers. How many of you, and my hands up, like how many of you would say that as well? Honestly, I could increase my prayer life. I think if we're honest, a lot of us would also say, say that. I don't know about you, have you ever had prayer envy before? Where like, there's that person that you're praying with, or you're in a group and they're praying, you're like, man, they can just... They can pray. Like they're quoting scripture that like you didn't even know was in the Bible. You're like, wow, you're even good that you have scripture in your prayer. You just feel like they are so good. And maybe at other times they're, they're um, calling like, you're like, wow, like the way you just use that word, that's not even in my vocabulary and you're using it in your prayers. Or have you ever met that person that says, hey, let's go pray. Like I feel like we just need to go before the Lord. We're going to have like an hour prayer meeting and you're like, oh my goodness, I struggle with three minutes of prayer and you want an hour of this? You know, sometimes like, but I want to be there. We get that little prayer envy sometimes. And um, I wonder if this is a statement for you and for me. I wonder sometimes in reality, if we were to look at our prayers, that our prayers are lame. Let Let me unpack this for you. I'm not just saying yours, I think sometimes even my prayers are lame, it feels lame. And here's the challenge for us in our prayers. The challenge for many of us is we're praying to a God that we just can't see. And it's that, we always say it's that communication, it's that conversation. And we have difficulty with prayer because we're just, our mind's going from one thing to the next and you're thinking about another thing. And even in my own quiet time, even this morning, I was sitting there praying and I was thinking about what I have to go do as soon as I'm done with my quiet time. And then I'm hopping back and I literally apologize to God. I'm like, I'm sorry I got off track. And we have difficulty with, man, I, I just do the regular prayers I wonder if God just gets a little bored with our prayers to say, seriously, the whole universe is mine. You can ask me, but this is what you're constantly asking? Maybe for us, like when we went on our vacation, we prayed for traveling mercies. And I wonder, which is nothing's wrong with praying for traveling mercies. I just wonder sometimes if God says, buckle up, drive the speed limit, you're good. I mean, many of us, you say every meal, like, hey, we're going to pray, bless this food. You really want God to bless that greasy cheeseburger and those dank fries right there? I Like, that is horrible. Cholesterol off the roof. And you want God to bless that in your body? Like, I wonder if God's like, are you serious? Like, that is horrible for you. I'm just curious sometimes if we just say, like, our prayers may be a little lame. And then I begin to look in Scripture and I begin to be just be marveled by the people in the Bible, the way they prayed. You know, they prayed for things of, of conceiving a child, of raising the dead back to life. They prayed to shut the mouths of lions. They prayed that the sun would stand still, believing that God can make the sun stand still so they can get victory in an army and in a battle. They prayed great prayers. I don't want you, I want to pray those prayers. 
I want you to pray those prayers. I want you to be a man and a woman of faith that we can step in and up our prayer game. Because when I look at the Bible, here's what I see. The prayers I see are honest prayers coming from the heart of men and women. Full honest, just God, here it is. Here's exactly how I'm feeling. The prayers of the Bible are desperate. Oh, are they desperate. They're on the ground kneeling before God in desperation, sprawled out. They are desperately seeking the presence of God. They're fiery. Whew, there's some prayers that we're going to look at. It, it flat out is scary. They had fiery prayers. They had gutsy prayers. You really, would you really pray, God, can you hold the sun still? Let basically time stand still for a moment so we can get victory right now. We would probably, if we're honest, we may not pray that gutsy prayer because in honesty, we're like, God, you can probably do it, but I don't know if you're going to do it. Here's the last one. They were real. They were real. And I look at this and the characteristics of the prayers in the Bible is like, I want to live on this side. I do. I want everything. Even they did this when they were giddy with joy and when they were crushed and in the valley. This is how they prayed. And I'm scareful for the church as a whole in the world, for followers of Jesus, that maybe perhaps we don't pray this way, but here's how we pray. We pray safe. It's just, it's safe. It's maybe even at times it feels flat. It's dull. For honest, it can be even stale. It's just the reciting that we mean well, our heart actually means well, but we're just going through the motions. And it's honestly, if we really look, it could be, it's just boring. We're saying the same thing over and over, and there's not much meat there. And many from us, honestly, if, we, if, we, if we're over here, we can even say a word there, it's predictable. I wonder if sometimes God says, I know exactly what you're going to say because it's the same routine, everything, but it's not moving my heart. And I know where you are. I, I want to increase my prayer life. I want to increase it. I want to live on this side, on this side of the list and not that side anymore. I really want more. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says this, safe, lukewarm prayers don't draw us closer to God or help us reveal his love to this world. They don't. I, and I don't want that for us. I don't want that for you and your family. I don't want that for you and your faith. I don't want it for me and my faith. I don't want it for our church. I don't want it for the world. I don't want that for our community. I want to pray dangerously. And so get this, if you are ready to see God work in your life, praying safe won't cut it. We got to get bold. We got to get dangerous. We got to get gutsy. We got to get fiery. We got to ask for the presence of God to begin to dwell here in us. Your will, God, not my will. So if you got your Bible, we're going to turn to the book of Acts this morning. This is where we're going to pick up our first prayer. For the next several weeks, we're going to look at a specific prayer. And then the action step at the end of every week is the challenge is pray this prayer for seven straight days. Seven straight days. This is week number one, and we're going to look at this prayer, and I'm really passionate about this prayer. I really am, because I think this prayer 
God can open doors, and I, I call them divine opportunities for you and me. And I get really excited about this prayer. But let me get us caught up. Acts chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 10. In Acts chapter 4, you got two guys by the name of Peter and John. They were the disciples of Jesus, those 12 guys that followed Jesus very closely, watched Jesus preach, watched Jesus heal, watched Jesus do all this incredible stuff, and Jesus kind of gives them, hey, go start the church now. And they've been going around preaching and teaching to people about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, they meet this guy that has, has, hasn't been able to walk in 40 years. And they heal him. The issue is some of the religious people, they don't like it because they think, hey, are you starting this cult? What, and what authority are you doing? And by the way, Peter and John, they're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And one group of those people in the temple are known as the Sadducees. They don't believe in the resurrection. And all of a sudden, they have this healing that has taken place, and now Peter and John are on trial because they're like, you need to stop this. We, can't, we don't know what, where this is from. What's happening? Acts chapter 4, verse 10, Peter speaks up and he says this. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he, referring to that guy that couldn't walk for 40 years, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. That's gutsy. The guys that actually put Jesus on the cross, Peter just called out, yeah, the one that healed that man, that Jesus. Oh yeah, by the way, that Jesus is the one you crucified. Let me, there is power in the name of Jesus. You got to believe that. There is power in the name of Jesus. And then it goes on. The members of the council, watch this, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Now, I love this verse because this is where we get a word that kids love to use sometimes. This word in the Greek, ordinary, is idiotes, which literally we get our word idiot from. So in other words, those people realize we are amazed at their boldness. There is something incredible happening. We see something. And here's not only their boldness, check this out. They think they're ordinary idiots. They're like, there's nothing special. They just got this boldness about them and we're amazed by that. Here's what I know. The number one verb that is described in Scripture, God's Word, the Bible, for us as followers of Jesus is always go. It's go, 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 go. It's always movement. God never calls us to comfort. He doesn't. He calls us to our calling. It's never comfort. And I want you to know this. Jesus didn't die to make us safe. Jesus died to make us dangerous. You can put to make us bold, to make us do things, not just for the safety of ourselves, to come in and say, hey, I got my ticket to heaven. I'm good for the rest of my life. No, he, gave, he died so you can go on mission, to go be dangerous in a world, to look different than culture is. And he did that for you, and for me. And it's like in the middle of it, they're just sitting there going, man, we're bold because we know what Jesus did for us. And the Sadducees warn them, you got to stop it. You got to stop it because if this continues, you're going to get arrested, possibly executed, maybe be in stop doing this preaching. 
but it doesn't. Check this out. Acts chapter 4, verse 29 says this. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. They're threatening us. And give us, your servants, great, say it with me, friends, boldness in preaching your word. After receiving all those threats, they're sitting there saying, God, make me bold. Give us unshakable convictions in this world. Help us to stand firm, but make us bold even in the midst of their threats. I want to ask you a question this morning. How amazed are people at your boldness? At your boldness in your faith? How amazed? In fact, I'll give you a little chart so you can kind of assess yourself this morning. How amazed are people by your boldness? One being super low. And 10 being, it's out of this world. Now, maybe for you this morning, you assess yourself and you're saying, Pastor Ryan, I'm maybe in 8, 9, and 10. Like, I'm up high. I'm up high. And you would say, everyone knows I follow Jesus. Like, even my coworkers, they know who I am. I'm inviting people to church. Like, I'm going to stand for Jesus no matter what. He's my rock. And you would say, you know what? I'm I'm dripping fruit all over the place. I'm not ashamed of who Jesus is. I'm like an eight, nine, or ten. I'm up there. And that's awesome. That's where I want everyone, all followers of Jesus to be, up there. And I think that's Peter and John's prayer too, is that we're up here. But reality sets in, for some of us, we're down here. You're a two, a three. I'm a Christian, but I, I don't talk about my faith. I'm a private person. Um... And all of a sudden you're at work and your coworker asks you, see something, maybe quietly he, they see a, a Radiant Life sticker and they're like, oh, do you go to church? And you've worked with this person for five years and you're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're one of those Christians? And he's going, yeah. You know, why they are surprised is because in reality what they're saying is we never saw fruit in the first five years of our relationship. You got to bear it. And here's what I know of some of you. You say, Ryan, but I'm not bold. I'm not bold. I want to show you something before. Everyone that follows Jesus, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. There should be fruit everywhere in our life if we are sold out and surrendered to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's jump back into Acts 4 real quick and watch what happens. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. And then in verse 30, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they prayed for boldness. The place begins to shake like an earthquake. They, Peter and John now are filled with the Holy Spirit. And watch what happens when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preach the word of God with boldness. With boldness. Now, I know some of us may say, but Ryan, I'm not bold. I'm very meek. I'm mild. I'm very private with my faith. I keep to myself. Please hear me on this. Your faith was never meant to be private. Never. You say, okay, Ryan, but I'm not bold. I'm not like you because, Ryan, you get loud and you get excited and 
That's what you're called to do. You're, you, you get bold. No, hear me out. Hear me out. There's a, watch what happens here. There's a reason why they're filled with the Spirit. Then they can do the boldness. Boldness is not a personality trait. Anyone can be bold. Boldness is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Did you catch what happened in their prayer? God, make us bold amongst their threats that they're going to jail us, arrest us, execute us, beat us, whatever it is. Hear their threats. Make us bold as we preach your word to people. Make us bold. Building shakes, Holy Spirit inside of them. Boom, they're bold preaching. Boldness is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. You know what they did not do, what they were told? They did not pray that prayer. And check this out. I don't know about you, but some of you guys need like your jam, right? Like pump out workout jams. Peter and John did not say that prayer, put on their Beats headphone and go, what you doing, John? Just getting warmed up. We got to go preach with boldness to people, right? They didn't do that. What happened? The Holy Spirit came on them. And then the boldness was activated in their life. Then the boldness was released. I know some of us, like, I, there are sometimes I got to pump myself up to come on the stage and bring you God's word, especially when I, I don't want to or I'm battling. It feels like there's a spiritual war that's all around and battling right now, and I want to put on those jams. But what we really need to do is bow before Jesus and say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit in this moment. And then the story gets fun. story takes off and unfortunately they do get arrested because they went to the temple and was preaching with boldness here in Acts chapter 5 is the rest of the story they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail that's a bad day but an angel of the Lord came at night opened the gates of the jail and brought them out then he told them Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Give this message of life. Give it. Through Acts chapter 5, as I wrap up this message, I want to give you three characteristics. If you pray, God, make me bold. Three characteristics of boldness in our lives when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is where the note takers you want to grab. Three quick characteristics. We're going to pray, God, make me bold. Ready? Characteristic number one. Boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. Boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. Now I'll go back to this slide, but I want to show you. Acts chapter 5, verse 18. Watch this. Because of their boldness, what, what happens? They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Even though they knew and prayed for boldness, God gave it to them, it resulted in jail time. Spiritual opposition. Spiritual opposition. If you think serving Jesus will make your life so smooth and perfect and smooth sailing, you will never have an issue in life, We've got wrong theology. You're going to have a target on your back. Why is making me bold, praying that prayer dangerous? Because spiritual opposition may rear its ugly head. You know what I realize is that when I'm obedient, 
and faithful to God, that's when my greatest spiritual battles happen, when I'm obedient. So I'm not worried and scared when spiritual opposition comes my way. I get worried and scared when I'm not facing spiritual opposition because then I'm sitting there going, "Uh uh-oh, God, am I being obedient or not? And if you're not ready for spiritual opposition, then you're not ready to be used by God. It could come. It could come. God, make me bold. Got to get ready. Spiritual opposition may come your way. It's a dangerous prayer. Here's characteristic of boldness number two. Boldness often releases God's miracles. Here's what happened. Spiritual opposition came. It stinks. We're arrested. They're jailed. But you ever watch, watch what happens next. We just looked at, watch though. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. I would have been, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. If I would have had my cell phone back then, I would have been like, John, dude, let's take a picture together with the angel. We're out of here. Should be excitement. But it's like, this is a natural thing. The writer of Acts, which is Luke, is like, it's a natural thing. It's a natural occurrence. When you're walking in obedience to God, you should not be surprised by God's miracles in your life. Boldness often releases God's miracles. Yes, opposition came, you're arrested, but your boldness is going to release a miracle. I'm going to get you out of that. I'll get you out of it. It's a dangerous prayer, praying boldness. Here's the last point. Boldness always requires faith. Always requires faith. Peter and John, they're arrested for their boldness. They're jailed. Peter and John, the angel of the Lord shows up and gets them out of jail. And watch what the rest of the story, as I wrap up, says. The angel of the Lord's message to them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Wait, you want us to go back to that exact same place that they arrested us at the temple? Yep. Because remember, you have boldness. And people need to hear the message of life. So watch this. At daybreak, the apostles entered the temple. And as they were told, and immediately began teaching. They went and did the same thing that got them arrested and this time possibly killed. But they had the infilling of the Holy Spirit and boldness to go do it. You'll never know what might happen. You never know what might happen if we start praying, God, make me You never know what might happen in your own heart as you grow, as you deepen your faith with your heavenly father. And you never, ever, may never know what might happen to the impact you can have to those around you. I wish I could tell you, Peter and John, that they retired at the age early, at the age of 55, and had a wonderful life and was able to buy a yacht and sail the Mediterranean Sea and had plenty of kids and a beautiful wife and things turned out wonderful for them because they prayed, God, make me bold. But I can't tell you that. Because in fact, what happened to Peter and John is horrible. 
Obedience, God, make me bold. This is what happened. John was actually boiled in oil, hot oil. He survived that. Something that meant to kill him survived that. And then they took John and exiled him to the island of Patmos, where he died. Peter, Peter's in Rome. Peter actually gets arrested on trial and they're going to execute Peter. And how, is the, how do Romans execute? Crucifixion. And Peter says, before you execute me, historians say that Peter did not want to die the way his Savior Jesus Christ died. So he has to be crucified upside down. And Peter died crucified upside down. They had boldness for Jesus, though. And if you have the relationship, a deep relationship with Jesus, like I, like I have this deep relationship that I want to let my light shine for others. I want to let it shine. I can't hold back. I want others to find freedom and experience the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. I want that. So I'm praying, God, make me bold. And that may make me uncomfortable. It may all of a sudden I have to begin to share my faith. Uh, maybe perhaps for some of you, you'd never pray. And you start praying this prayer for the next seven days. And at work, you're in a conversation with a coworker, And out of nowhere... You say, can I pray for you? And all of a sudden you're like, oh no, why did I say that? Like I've never prayed out loud. I don't do this. And you just begin to pray for that person. God, make me bold. Opportunities come. Maybe for some of us, it's we're hanging out with friends and there's inappropriate jokes and inappropriate things happening. And you decide to, man, I've been praying, God, make me bold. And you're not satisfied. You, you know this is wrong. And you stand up and say, guys, can we cut this out right now? This is wrong. And you stood up and you realized, thank you, God, you made me bold in that moment. Maybe for some of us that are dating and the rest of culture is sleeping around anyways, but you're praying, God, make me bold. So in that moment when I'm being pressured to do something that I know I should not be doing and saving that thing for marriage, you can sit there and say, God, thank you because I've been praying God made me bold and I was able to be bold in that moment. Or maybe for others, this gossip is happening. You decide this is not right. And you've been praying, God, make me bold. And you're able to find the strength inside of you to get up and just walk away and not be a part of that. God, make me bold. I promise you this. It's a dangerous prayer. Divine opportunities will come. It will deepen your faith. It will stretch you. It will grow you. But who knows the impact around us? If we all begin for the next seven days, will you join Radiant Life? Will you join all of us? And for the next seven days, let's be praying this dangerous prayer. God, make me bold. So let me pray for us. Father, in your spirit, will you give us the strength to stand up for things that we should stand up? Will you give us the indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be bold? I pray for the next seven days that we would honestly pray, God, make me bold, stretch us, have us go here, there, deepen our faith with you. But God, give us the strength every day. May we wake up every day. God, make me bold. This day's for you. Make me bold. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen.